Well, yeah, we are. We are live. Oh, oh look at that. We, yes, yes, indeed. We are actually a go. It's not the best. We're making the most out of it. Sorry. We apologize. We're trying to just get this going. We got something together, but let's just get things out of the way. Let's introduce our guest. Zach, you've made it. You're back. Tell us. Round two, right? <laughs> so so tell us about, um, well, you're here to talk to us about a lot of stuff, and I, I, we all have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, think, I think the, the, the biggest question for me, um, for, for actually not for me, but from me to Zach, would be the moment you found, you realized, or you found out that Clutch Kickers wasn't going to happen at Emerald Coast Dragway, what was what kind of went through your head? Did you was this something that you already had a feeling that was coming, or was it a shock? going on behind the scenes you know to kind of prep us but ironically we had already been working the deal with the freedom factory behind the scenes before this all came about anyways we had already intended to take the 100k series to the freedom factory for potentially one or two rounds anyways for this year mm -hmm. so i just kind of is what it is but now we're gonna be there for all five rounds <laughs> nice, nice nice and so we've been watching you following you guys with with the um testing the different layouts everything Seems like it went pretty well, and you're able to answer. Uh, not want to say answer, but you're able to fulfill a lot of the requests from the drivers. Right? It was getting to the point where they're tired of running the same layout. Yeah, and that's one good thing about Freedom Factory is it's going to provide these different challenging layouts. So I have to say that's probably yeah. something that's going to be a welcome improvement to Clutch Kickers. And, um, but we're really excited to see how things are coming for the most part though. Are there any other key changes besides the track and the layouts? Um, pit parking, which sounds like a really odd one, but like at Holt, it was always a nightmare to try and cram in the rigs, um, in a safe manner and allow people space to pit. The great thing about the freedom factory is the pit spacing is completely separate from spectator parking and everything else. There's not even a way for spectator cars to get in the gate to the pit spacing. Mm -hmm. So like there's a lot more room to park big rigs. There's a lot more asphalt and concrete there. So people in theory won't have to pit in the grass as much. Um, there's just a lot more room in the facility overall. Like the capacity of the freedom factory is almost six times what Hulk can hold. Okay. So right. just having the room to be able to breathe a little bit and be able to expand and not have to worry about Friday night. Oh uh, God, Adam Elzey's coming in at 2 a.m. with a toter home. Like how are we going to get him in here kind of deal? Like yeah. I don't have that problem anymore is mm -hmm. probably the biggest stress reliever of them all. <laughs> Ironically mm -hmm. enough. Yep. Are you guys going to be able to offer storage? Um, like you guys were able to do over in um, Fort Walton or um, Crestview area. We haven't talked about it yet, but most likely not. Most likely all of the rigs will have to be gone Sunday night um, within an allotted window after the event, but we'll have more information on that closer to the event. We haven't quite figured out all that stuff with Garrett's team yet. 
Okay. And, and, and for the most part, it's still the same team, right? There's uh, still a weld oil machine like we're, we've always expected from clutch kickers. Are there any new additions um, or changes to the, to the team? So there are some key behind-the-scenes changes. Uh, me, Matt, Austin, Nick, Mr. Castleberry, Noah, uh, still the original team, and Mike, uh, and uh, Matt's brother, Mike. We're all still 100% a go for this year. There are some of our extended staff that we hold that have basically been with us since day one that will most likely not be attending just because of the distance to the Freedom Factory mm-hmm. and the ability they, and like the time we have to take off work. Um, there will be three new additions to the team this year that I'm aware of. Um, can't 100% confirm any of them though because right. I'm waiting on an email back from every single one of them. But gotcha. there, in theory, should be three new additions to the team, uh, a couple of which we actually had a year one that people might remember so right right well it's exciting you guys have always and that's that's something that it just always impressed me from the very beginning how you came out of nowhere the story of clutch kickers for us that were everybody was in your area knew about clutch kickers but for those people that are in out of the area we heard about that first hundred thousand dollar season and we're like oh god here goes another one right (laughs) and here we are season three you've proved everybody wrong Right. That was yep. that was doubtful in the beginning. And you've gained a huge following like leaps and bounds every year. What you guys have been able to steamroll this into is amazing and rolling with the punches. Right. You guys lost that track and Pretty boom, much. you're at the Freedom Factory. Now you're partnering up with Cletus. And uh, I mean, how does that feel to be able to partner with the Freedom Factory? Because that's going to add a lot to your series as well. Uh, it's actually kind of surreal. Like this, this, I think this whole thing for Nick, myself, Matt, Austin, I don't think uh, when we, when we came up with this idea to begin with that we ever thought it would go nearly as far as it has, let alone that we'd be working alongside people who like, I don't want to say we idolized because none of us are like super fanboy about people. Right. It's not really who we are, but like there's, there's people who drive our series that are huge, not only in drifting, but on YouTube and social media and just, all different levels of fame. And it's like so crazy for us that like, we're on like a personalized level with some of these people right. Like to be a part of Garrett's team. Um, somebody whose YouTube channel I've watched for, I don't know, probably 10 years. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> I've known him or I've known about him since like he was part of 1320 and like, I don't know, 2005 or whenever it was. So like to see how far he's coming now working like side by side with him and his team is probably it's a really surreal experience, but we're super excited to see where it goes because the possibilities he's handed us with what we have done in the past two years with minimal is like, we're super excited about where we're going to go this year and hopefully next year. Well, like, like I said, you guys rolling with the punches. I don't see you guys slowing down anytime soon. And <laughs> one thing that will, will is kind of interesting and I'm kind of curious Um, what kind of feedback have you got from the drivers? Not the, obviously the guys I've been testing, but uh, and the reason why I'm asking this is because we've always known Clutch Kickers, Elmer Coast Dragway, the big equalizer, right? It's been able to equalize those cars. Now you're on an oval. Yeah. What kind of feedback have you been getting from the drivers? Um, ironically, this is this is a case for us currently and last season. A lot of the feedback we receive on Facebook is not actually from the drivers. Uh, like, of course. <laughs> it's yeah, it's very sense. rare that most drivers chime in. Like, I I don't really think for the drivers, it's as relevant as people make it seem like they're not really there. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. People, I I don't really think Holt was as great of an equalizer as everybody said it was. Like, they're still doing 60 mile an hour plus on the entry. Like, Mm. the guys with big money teams and big budgets, 
they don't win specifically because they have big budgets and big money cars. Like those guys have been driving for over 15 years. They're good no matter what. Like Alec doesn't win because he's Alec Conadale. He wins because he's an extremely skilled driver. Like, right. but we don't, we don't really get a lot of feedback necessarily from drivers. We get a lot of feedback from just everybody who follows us. So, right. but it's actually been better than we thought. I mean, nobody's been, it doesn't seem like anybody's super upset that we're doing a couple bank rounds. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the biggest concern, which I've talked to some people that I've never was able to drive Freedom Factory, at least not yet. But um, I, I think there is that mix of concrete and asphalt. Um, yeah. how, how is that playing out when you guys are doing the layouts? Um, so when we initially designed all of the layouts, uh, the only person who had driven there was Nick and he'd only done maybe eight or nine laps there. He went to a Friday night drift night. So we were really relying on feedback from people we knew who had driven there or Garrett's team or like, um, or pretty much just any driver we knew who had been down there. And it was kind of hard. Like when we were designing layouts, we didn't know, we, we designed a lot of stuff that like we thought would work, ended up not even being close to working and like. The concrete does play a a massive factor in what you can do at the Freedom Factory. The grip difference is probably 50% less in the bank, if not more. Mm -hmm. So like you can't do tight turns on the concrete. Because a lot of the layouts we had initially designed, they were like hairpins or like multi-turn layouts on on the concrete. You can't do them. There's just not enough room. Like the cars, it's like it takes the car half a second longer to do anything that you could do with more grip. So like when you transition the car, it tra- it rotates slower. Like when you get on throttle, it takes a little bit longer for the car to pick up speed. So like hmm. doing hairpins, we noticed that people at the test day would always plow through the cones or like where we would create a rear zone, they'd have to go through it with their front bumper to make oh, it work. So right. a lot of the layouts got thrown out like almost immediately. Well, that's going to make it interesting, though. That's going to that's going to make a, a challenging yeah. um, section for the course for those guys that are used to getting having that grip that they had at Emerald Coast Dragway. That was one of the things about Emerald Coast is everybody did the grip was phenomenal, right? So that's gonna, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in some battles that we have coming up. So, are there any? Um, well, I kind of know this question, but but maybe you can elaborate on um, rule book changes this year. Biggest rule book changes for this year are the roll cage rule. It's 100% mandatory to have a roll cage. And that was, it wasn't originally a venue request. Originally I had planned on going into 2022 with a roll cage rule, even if we were going to stay at Holt strictly just because of the safety, like the cars are getting faster. The drivers are getting more comfortable. Like it was getting to the point where we had some really hairy battles and like Alec and Taylor Hall and some of these dudes that are just like, they're right there the whole run. So we were getting real nervous about somebody possibly getting hit and causing like a serious accident anyways. So we were planning on doing it regardless. It was actually a funny miscommunication between um, my team and Cletus's team or our team and Cletus's team. I thought it was a freedom factory mandatory rule to have tandems or cages for tandems. Cause that's what I do a Friday night drift night. I guess that wasn't the case, but I thought it was anyway. So it was going to happen regardless, but mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I mean, and then, it's, it's safety, right? Yeah, it's safety. So that's definitely, I, I think, um, I'm sure you got a little flack, especially in the beginning, the cage versus no cage kind not, of. I mean, not battles. really. No? Not really. Only because the thing is, like, the 100K series is getting to a point where it's debatably growing into one of the, the largest series in the United States, if not the world currently. 
Mm-hmm. And it needs like we as a team need to start treating it more like it's I don't want to say a professional level series, but it, it's not also like like we have to pay attention to the finer details now. Like the series is growing, like the drivers are growing, the cars are getting crazier, the budgets are getting bigger. Like we need to pay attention to the finer details that we've kind of let slide to try and let the series grow mm-hmm. and kind of tighten things up a bit just to make it safer as a whole and give it like a better show and better spectator feel. So yeah, I mean, people are building cars exclusively for your event, right? So yeah, I've heard of I've heard of quite a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people are, are you know tailing their cars and just building them for to, to run clutch kickers. And but you touched on something that that is something that has impressed me with the um, the worldwide attention that you guys are getting. Do you, are you uh, have anybody pulling you to do a clutch kickers like Australia or clutch kickers <laughs> Europe or anything like that? I mean, you never know, right? Um, not yet. And I don't, the thing with stuff like that is I don't know if we'll ever get there anyways. Like even in, even at the formula drift level, like they do formula drift Japan and like they tried Canada and a couple other things, but like, it just seems logistically almost impossible to throw an event overseas. But I know Europe with like the whole drift masters thing and like the drift games guys, like they're having a hard enough time right now getting their own events off the ground with all the crazy stuff going in Europe. So we've never gotten a request for it yet. And even if we did, I I don't think it's something we'd ever consider at this stage. Like it's, that seems like a lot. Yeah. But I'm just kind of, because it's building, it is building a huge following. Uh, When we watch it and we have, like we had drivers come from, from uh, Mozambique, Africa, right? We had drivers come from Brazil Brazil and, and all, all over the world, you've had drivers come to... I think we've to got driver pulled from like 14 countries or something. Um, something you know, like we have two, two people that pre-registered for the season tonight that are from Vancouver, Canada. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, does one of them wear like work at that hat that you're wearing? Uh, so yeah, okay, so, so plus Josiah. So I forgot about Josiah. So technically with Josiah, there's actually like three. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Wow. Nice. Nice. Wow. Um, you guys have any questions? Because I'll keep going. You took all the questions. No, 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 I'm, I'm I'll keep going. I don't want to like hog the mic if you guys have a question. Uh, actually, I have a question in regards to the rule book. Um, yep. And I think this is uh, based on what I witnessed on the uh, program series. So, uh, Zach, if you indulge me, uh, let's say, for instance, somebody's out on the track in a competition and somebody's roof decides to detach and fly <laughs> off. Uh, is that in the rule book as to whether they're going to be disqualified or not? Yep, it is. So I have a rule in the rule book, uh, and this is doesn't apply to front and rear bumpers generally because they kind of fly off no matter what, but you can't have any body panel open or detach in battles or in qualifying without contact. So roof doors, hoods, trunks, whatever. Unfortunately, like I think it was season one, round four, we had to disqualify Adam LZ, who yep. had, who had the highest qualifying run score we had ever done. We had to disqualify that run because his trunk came open. Yeah, so like, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was sad. That, that was that was uh, that so was a sad, sad moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you stuck to the rules. You guys don't play favorites, and it's always shown nope. in, in the judging and everything. Despite what you read in the comments when we freaking live stream. All the nonsense <laughs> that people post up, you guys yeah. have been more than fair and unbiased as possible. It is what it is. <laughs> it's part yeah. of the game. Like if people aren't doing that stuff, you're not doing something right anyways. So Yeah. Apparently it's good for your algorithm to have people that dislike it. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, y'all have about it. Like y'all boosted us by six hundred and fifty percent last year. So have about it. <laughs> so any other key changes? So the rule roll the roll cage is um is gonna be a change as far as tech. What about as far as judging? 
Is are there any other changes that people probably should um you know start thinking about? Um, well, what about what about protests? Is it the same amount or is yeah. is there two hundred fifty bucks this year, just like it was last year? And then are you going to be the uh, the liaison for that again this year? Um, TBD, it's it's going to work a little different this year because the judges are essentially going to be on the other side of the racetrack with the announcers in a tower, um, like behind the grandstands. So I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to be or I still have to figure that part out because we haven't locked down yet where like spotters can go. And generally it's the spotters who will protest for the drivers. So like this might be a case where we just have somebody stationed over there and it's like their job to deal with protests. Um, we'll see. I'm kind of hoping to get more to the FD level where people stop protesting for stupid reasons. Yeah. 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 Like it's, this <laughs> is no longer. Yeah. Well that, and it's, it's no longer like I matched FDs. FDs is two fifty. Well, depending on the round, there's changes like from 16 to eight to four, but whatever. Um, but this is no longer Emerald Coast Dragway where the drivers are so dialed that like they could protest whatever and arguably it's justifiable because like the battle was so close. Mm-hmm. This is a whole new track for everybody. There's a good chance most battles are going to end with somebody just making a massive mistake. It's yeah. less likely that the battles are going to be so crazy good that like that's going to happen. So, And the rule book is a lot more defined this year. The judging criteria I went through and completely revamped. It's a lot more defined this year. I don't think there's any gray areas. We've had seven other people go through it. So like a lot of the protests come from gray area and rule book things we just hadn't thought about yet. So we've kind of eliminated most of that. Okay. Now for, for those people that are going to be watching this, um, that have never been to freedom factory. Um, how is that oval? I, I only thing I can compare it to is, I mean, I've been to OSW. I don't know how many o- different ovals you've driven. Um, like how, how do you know what the degree of the bank is? What can people expect at the freedom factory? So the Freedom Factory has a 12-degree bank. Um, Compared to OSW, it's pretty mellow. Like, the bank is a little bit rougher on tires than Emerald Coast Dragway, but the infield is like, I mean, a 700-horsepower car could probably drive 30 laps on the concrete with (laughs) one set of tires. It's crazy, but the bank, I expect people to go through tires pretty quickly. I mean, it's the bank is pretty rough comparatively like the asphalt's not is obviously not new compared to emerald coast dragway and the um like the patches that garrett has put into the oval are in sections that we're not actually driving on so it's like you don't even get smooth asphalt it's just all the older stuff but it is it is very grippy Mm -hmm. so but it's not it's not an aggressive bank like it's it's only like it i'm pretty sure it's 12 degrees which is not in terms of banks very steep. No, no, no. Like, and it's, it's not really like a super long bank, like compared to OSWs, like the bank length might be the same, but we only use 50% of the upper part of the bank for two of the layouts. Like, so expect to get thrown a massive curveball when you come off the bank into the infield, because the guys who decide to throw a lot of grip in their car for the bank are going to bite themselves when they come off that bank. (laughs) (laughs) How's how's that wall? Is that wall smooth or is it like a, like a jigsaw blade or not jigsaw, but a sawzall blade, you know, uh, the asphalt or the concrete, the, the wall, the actual wall. Um, you know, people like to ride that wall. Can they ride that wall all the way through like OSW? Uh, you got a lot of skill. I mean, the wall's not like it's not like crazy jagged or anything, but I'm not gonna recommend somebody try to rub their taillights through it. Okay, I mean, got it. 
Hmm. Makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, because uh, you have to come off of it so early that if like to get set up on a wall like that and not be able to just like lock the car into a groove for more than like. 30 or 40 percent of the bank like by the time you got the car comfortable you're coming out oh, okay yeah gotcha. so like hmm. if you did that you're gonna have a hard time diving down the bank and scrubbing all that speed so we'll see uh that the test day like there was most of the guys were getting pretty high up on the bank but they were also having to slow down pretty early coming off so hmm. we'll see round one should be definitely interesting yeah. uh talking about degrees uh, Zach, oh, are there any turns on the layouts uh, that feature 180 degree turns? Just curious. Oh God! <laughs> oh no! Um, pretty close. The I think it's the round one layout. The final turn is basically like a 180 degree turn. The final turn. Okay. Um, there were two layouts we tested that came off the bank into 180 degree turns. The problem is it needs like another 20 feet of asphalt to make it viable. So, right. but, uh, I wouldn't say there's anything that's like a perfect 180. Right. Hmm. Well, thank you, we're Zach, right. because we had a debate on our show not so long ago. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, I, I saw it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I apologize for our stupidity, but we, we get on these tangents. Just, that's why, that's how we usually talk to each other. Just so you know, that's, that's what yeah. a normal day what the four of us you is should, like. You should see what our trips are like as we're going up to... Well, when we were going up to Emerald Coast, I mean, it was just like that the whole way yeah. through. I, I'm interested on how round four layout's going to do. That one looks interesting. Is that my crazy crossover layout? Yeah. Yeah. I designed that one. I love that layout. I don't Did like crossover layouts in general. Oh, yeah, I tried it. <laughs> no, they just designed it. They didn't try anything. So we tried... So basically what had happened with like the whole test day thing, since we're there is I designed, I don't know, like seven to 10 layouts myself. Nick designed like three or four Then Matt Austin and I had lunch and designed like seven or eight more. So I think we had like 17 or something like that total. Mm-hmm. And then we basically refined that down into 14 that we thought might be viable. And that's what got posted out online. Gotcha. Got to the Freedom Factory, had a mini driver's meeting with everybody. We threw out six of them instantly in the driver's meeting. Mm. And then we we basically tested the final eight for two days and then like refined them, made them wider, changed zones, changed clips, whatever we needed to do. And I got that. We got that down to seven by the time we left on Tuesday. And then what everybody out in the public has seen is rounds one through four. And then the remaining three layouts we drop later in the year as votes for the wild card round. Yeah. So who are the drivers out there testing with you? Uh, Adam LZ, Taylor Ray, Ben Julian, Sean Booth, Hayden Kittrell, Cabot Cardoso, Lee. Yeah, Cabot kind of wrecked his car there, didn't he? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was like the very last, like we had, t- we had tested all the layouts. We had like 20 minutes left before we were going to shut the track down. And we basically just like let the drivers go haywire, go do whatever they want. Oh God. And uh, Cabot's power steering pump like broke, right as he initiated into the bank. And that oh, was I didn't even see that. Yeah, 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 I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Did the car toast? Nah, no, nah, it's fine. It's, so all props. I mean, yeah, like it's shout out thing. I'm sponsored by FDF Fab, and I love their products. But like, shout out to those dudes because not a single arm on Cabot's front right wheel broke. Really? It, like it, it all fo- it all folded up, but none of it broke. Like they we drug the car oh, backwards wow. off the track, like. All props to Josiah because if that stuff didn't like fold like it did, it probably would have smashed his strut tire clean into his engine. So, oh, 
Well, good deal. Um, so I know that I've seen people talking about it and just like here and there talking about tire rules. Are there any plans for any tire rules? For I hope you? not. Please don't. No, that's just stupid. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> no, I agree. Thank you. But I've thank seen you. it. I've seen people no, comment. Tire rules oh, are stupid. Tire rule. All right, I'm, not, I'm not against tire rules, but I, I do believe the only true, fair, effective way to do a tire rule is how FD does it, where it's weight and power based or, or like weight and tire size based. I don't have the staffing or the equipment to try and deal with that. Like, no. I, I don't think it's fair to put everybody on a 255 tire and go, go to town. Like right. car weight and all kinds of other factors play into it. And like tire deals and tire sponsors. And like, we're not like FD where I have four companies or three companies that are like, right. that sponsor all the drivers and workout deals. Like if you think you're going to show up with a 315 and like beat everybody, I mean, good luck. It, it never works. Like people tried it all year at C or, all basically all five rounds at season one and those guys never made out of top 64 so right mm-hmm. right well i mean even adam lz when he was driving his pro car he said it just wasn't fun on that truck with that car on that track no, you just can't yeah you just can't use that level of grip like it's not fd like the tracks aren't big enough to stretch it out and even if you right. use it on the bank the minute you come off the bank you're like what are you going to do behind a 350z with nitrous with like that much grip <laughs> right yeah like, right right what are you going to exactly. do there's yeah. no amount of foot break in the world that slows a car down that much. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a pair of shoots. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so any, um, pretty much, huh? Go ahead. Pretty much the fastest cars in the series right now are all running a 255 to a 275. There's a couple guys that run a 285, but like the actual fastest lap timed cars at Emerald Coast Dragway run 265. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, set up a lot of suspension and mechanical grip really comes into play. I think it also becomes uh, like the people who build their car around the tire. You know, they take advantage of, you know, of that. Uh, And then I think that's what's really, you know, going to allow them to really progress a lot more. But I mean, having the biggest tire on a tight track is definitely not if the car becomes a handful. And we saw that, like you said, like you mentioned with Adam LZ, like, yeah, he made it to top four. I believe it was that one round. Something like that. Yeah, 15. and but it the whole day it, it looked like he was really right. wrestling the car. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so he you're saying it basically until top eight, like <laughs> right, right, right. And so like, Noel's basically all saying of a sudden, like whole new car. Noel's basically saying bigger is not bad, always better. No, right? no, no, definitely. The, <laughs> and definitely. size and compound go hand in hand. Like you can have a three fifteen that's a bad compound and not be fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So like. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I think we got 60% a percent uh, of the series is on the same tire. So right, <laughs> uh, we got a question in the chat from Chris who writes: uh, Can you announce who the judges uh, be will be this season? <laughs> um, I can't announce all three of them. I could probably let two of them out of the bag. The third one, I'm still working on. Okay, well, so to be can to be announced. Yeah, I mean, Will and Will is like 100% coming back. I will for always yeah. bring. I will, I will bring Yay, Will back. All right, Will. Um, Dwayne is pretty intent on coming back, although we haven't nice. officially locked that in. The third judge is still up for debate. Dan and I are still talking. It's just Dan's got a really busy schedule, yeah. and he does like stunt driving and everything else. So we're still waiting to make sure that the dates don't conflict and and whatever else with Dan. Um, we've talked, I've talked to a few other people too, that I'm not going to mention in the event that Dan can't come back, but Will and Dwayne are 100% coming back. Yeah. Dan, Dan's, but yeah, that's great. Yeah. Is he going to drive his Corolla down? Like, you know, his little Corolla drive all the way down. We got to ask him. Uh, yeah. He's jumping. We got to find him out. And Dan, him and Dwayne are jumping on planes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Dan, Dan, um, Officer Dan, he has really been getting busy. Yeah. Uh, like with all these different projects, like from the from the beginning of the second season to now, yeah. what I've seen on his face, on his posts, and everything. Yeah. He's blowing up. I mean, it's doing good. He's he's definitely uh, making some moves, and it looks like he's having a good time at it too. So congratulations! Yeah. He's a super him. busy guy. So like, it's hard. I think for him, and you know, he's got a new baby on the way, and like, right. he, he's just involved in so many things and like so many dates. So like, it takes some time to make sure the dates are going to work out and make sure everything's going to work out on both ends. But even if he doesn't come back to the judge, uh, he reached out about possibly coming down and being on the microphone for a couple events too. So mm-hmm. like. I'm sure at some point we'll see Dan back this year, even if he's not a judge. I just don't know when or how yet. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I mean, Dan on the microphone, he's going to put us out of a job for sure. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) he's an entertaining man. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he brings down the shorts too. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) The shorts, the infamous shorts conversation. Uh Um, Question Is the island going to be open for the after party? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I wish. I'm really going to miss doing stuff at the island. That that hotel was extremely great to us, especially knowing that after every after party, that place just got trashed with drifters and like doing stupid stuff in the pool and jumping off roofs and whatever. They put up with us for two years. It sucks that we're not going to have them back this year. Don't know where the after party is going to be yet, but there's a really rowdy Texas roadhouse like right across the street from the hotel. Oh. So like maybe, I don't know. We're going to have to come up with something because the after party was like some of the best times I think anybody's had at like our yeah. events. The after parties were good. So hmm. that'll be, yeah. I, I can see like, like bar fights and everything, you know, breaking out. <laughs> I'm going to bring my spurs and my cowboy hat. There's got to be something over there. Yeah, there's. Yeah. I don't know. Bradenton is like surprisingly, I don't want to say upscale, but like I was pleasantly shocked when I got there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow. It's like it's a, the town's like a little too nice for I don't know 180 something drivers and for crew us. He was gonna say for yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes the neighborhood. Uh, so it is good. Yeah, I got uh, some questions from the chat. Uh, one of them is from a gentleman by the name of Dirty E30 Drifting. Uh, oh, sounds, Cabot. sounds like a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, that's Cabot. Uh, is the rental up for rent yet, Zach? Oh, Ooh. well, I guess, I guess he's going to let my cat out of the bag. So uh, <laughs> way to blow your spot. So that video is actually coming out next week. The Corvette rental deal is not currently live, but I am building a c6 corvette basically pro one level car for rent for the 100k series or any other events for next year most of that information will come out next week or in the next two weeks i'll start taking applications in february but if you try and do like join the 100k series and don't want to bring your own car and jump into something that's 100 a top three car you should definitely send me an email hmm. there you go hmm. okay waiting list there's gonna be a waiting list i can already see it yes uh, it's already actually pre pre rented for like two rounds. <laughs> uh, so the thing is, like, some people knew I was doing it, right? Like, there's some drivers from the series last year that I talked about with it before I decided to do it to kind of gauge like interest. And then um, I have a friend who's also currently building a C6 as his new competition. Well, I have a couple friends that are doing it that are building C6 competition cars currently, and they want to basically use mine for a few rounds of clutch kickers so they don't have to run theirs because they're going to run it in other series as well. Uh, okay. So 
it is already rented for a couple of rounds, but if somebody wanted to do a five, a five season thing like, or a five round thing, I might be able to work something out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, will the rental come with a pair of New Balance shoes? New Balance shoes. Sure. So the funny thing is there's not actually anything GM left on my Corvette except for the frame, like nothing. Oh, wow. Um, thinks it's full roll cage, tube rear. It's got a high compression 418 with nitrous. Gonna make like 850 horsepower. It's got full FDF fab front and rear. It's got Fortune Auto coil levers on it. Like, oh wow! So this is it's really a mean good. machine. Yeah. Like I basically took Dirk's car because I love Dirk's car and oh, I Dirk's Matt Field's great, car, yeah. and I wanted something more wild than Dirk's car as far as like build type because Dirk's car is still street rule. Like it, yeah. it has a street. Yeah, it has a street car vibe to it. Yeah. So I didn't want to go you know, $8,000 carbon Kevlar body kit like Matt Field. So I took the two and I merged them hmm. and oh, wow. it's a rule B. Huh, nice. Okay. Yeah, Cause when we were, we interviewed Dirk, we were surprised how simple his car is really. It's know, stock yeah. rear arm. Like it's, yeah, that, he's on stock bushings. It's like, yeah, dude, uh, it's got a big cubic inch Lingenfelter engine and a custom front angle kit, some Fortunato coal levers on it. And like, he just that, rolls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah it was crazy when we were talking to him. We were thought, oh, there's so much more in this car. And it's like, no, not really. Yeah, it's, it's the stickers. <laughs> it's the stickers. Definitely. That's why, I mean, but that's why I'm doing a Corvette, right? Like Dirk's Dirk's car is super simple. It shows you the amount of mechanical grip that is in a Corvette chassis, out of the box. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's insane. Yeah. Um, we got another question from Chris Jackson. I oh, actually, world famous Chris Jackson. Yeah. Uh, asking, is Cletus going to compete? Oh. Yep, Cletus will be competing confirmed four out of the five rounds. Round three, he won't actually be able to attend because uh, we had to shift the date due to a conflict with another event that some of the staff works. Um, but he will be at, I think, Rocky Mountain Race Week for round three, but rounds one, two, four, and five, he will be there competing. Will he be in the Crown Vic? Nice. Nah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's bringing Donnie. Like, and he's getting for a dude who's relatively new to drifting. He's gotten really good. So I'm curious yeah. to see how well, well he does. He, like, he does I think have he's a track. Really to, shake things up. He does have a track. He does have a track. <laughs> that helps, helps he does a have bit. a track, but he doesn't have a track where he can tandem with people on the regular. Like with him and right. Taylor Ray at the test day, like one warm up lap, and they were like on it door to door. And I'm like, wow. it's pretty impressive for a dude who's been drifting. Like technically, I think less than a year. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that car is uh, Donnie's really coming together as well. I mean, I've we've been yeah. like following the evolution of that car, and it's it's so it's totally different from what it was last year. So I would like to see it compete uh-huh. out there. It's ridiculous. It's FDF Fab Front too. It's I think it's a Texas Speed Four Twenty Seven that he revs to like the moon and back. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure he just it just went dog box in the past couple months. So like. It's a very serious cop car at this point, like yeah. very competitive car. Yeah. So in registration open, right? Yeah. Registration Middle. open at yep. 7 p.m. Central time. It's over half sold out already. I expect, I'm assuming it's probably going to sell out within the next couple of days. So if you haven't registered and you want to do the season and you want to be in a championship chase, you should probably get on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any new faces on that championship race list or are you, do you, did you post um, up the um, roster yet? We haven't posted the roster up yet. I'm sure it'll start. Matt and Austin will probably put it up in a few days. There is, I can tell you how many new people there are. One, two, three, four, five, I'm curious to see some new faces out there for yeah. the championship. Seven names I don't recognize. Oh wow, that's, that's good. Quite a bit of that's good. All right. And there's some very heavy hitters that have already registered that are returning from last year. 
Mm. Good, 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 good. Hopefully, uh, the the church is gonna... Oh yeah, Dirk yeah. is Dirk is Dirk is <laughs> What about Alec? Is Alec gonna do it? So I actually messaged Alec uh, like 30 minutes after registration went live because he's like the biggest procrastinator in the world <laughs> when it comes to like register. Like LS Fest, he registered the day we were leaving for the event. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure they were already on the road. And he's like, oh yeah, I didn't register yet. <laughs> like, right. so I texted him the link and I was like, yo, they're selling like hotcakes. Like you need to get on this because if our season two ch- points champion isn't in the, ch- the points race for 2022, right? People are going to be like the heck. Like, yeah. right, right, <laughs> right. Wow, that would right. be something. Yeah, and I also I also saw a thing that he's getting uh, another car ready. It's not going to be the S14. So correct. He's currently building a 350Z. It is LS and nitrous power, just like my Corvette. They're actually very similar engine builds in both 418s. And that's about all I'm going to say about his new build, but like mm-hmm. it is substantially more simple than the S14. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, good for him. Like I know he's he's pretty adamant about making it a much more simple car, a cheaper car to run, right. making it a little bit more fair. I think he's just trying to prove to everybody that like him winning was not because of the car, right? So like, I don't think I, no, but he get he gets he well, gets a lot of flack. Oh, people, it's well, the pro car. The same, it's the same idiots that say everything else stupid. I mean, it's not exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Oh god, I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. We're I think he's kind of in the same boat I am with the Z. We're like it's coming up on round one. Like yeah, round one is still technically three months away, but in terms of building a car, that's not a lot of time. Nope. Mm-hmm. And he and I are both waiting on parts that we have no estimated delivery time on. Mm-hmm. So they are going to get the S14 ready for round one, just in case the Z for some reason gets held up by something out of their control. But the shop that he's got building at Full Lock, I have watched them pull off miracle after miracle after miracle mm-hmm. with building people's pro cars. Like they built Ben Hobson's car, like start to finish, in, I don't know, like two months or something. So like, it wouldn't surprise me if they pop this S this 350Z out and it's you know one of the craziest cars you've ever seen built in the Panhandle. But right, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, I'm kind of interested. Are, are, do you have any uh, new partners, new sponsors that have hopped on board uh, the, the uh, Clutch Kickers um, train? Um, for 2022, we are talking to a bunch of new ones. We haven't locked in deals with anybody new yet. We're still in discussions with a lot of people. Um, the sponsorship thing this weird has been a little, or not the sponsorship thing this year has been a little different because we're going to the Freedom Factory, so we have to kind of keep in mind uh, like Garrett and his team and his sponsors and just kind of figure out like how everything's going to mesh together with the freedom factory and having essentially two teams. Cause we have our team and Garrett's team. Mm-hmm. So I think for the most part this year, you're going to see us bring back the majority of people from, from last year. But I think if anybody knew the new people we're talking to already deal with the freedom factory. So, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we had a question in the chat. I don't know if you want to answer. Um, wondering, is uh, Mike Pollard going to be attending the season? Interesting. I don't know. You have to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. There, there's an answer right there. Yeah, there's an answer. I, mean, that's, I would, that's, I would that's, assume that's... he would. Him and David. Uh, David and I talk. 
uh, probably every couple of weeks. I mean, granted, Mike and I probably talk every couple of weeks too, but they've been very active. Uh, or well, David has in tagging Mike in a lot of our posts. I think Mike is going back to prospect this year, if I'm not mistaken. So yep. he's already going to be on the East Coast with the car for the majority of the events. Uh, I don't know why he wouldn't run it, but you'd have to ask him. I'd love to see him come back. He's one of my absolute favorite drivers from. Yep. Well, not just the hundred K, not just our hundred K series, but I've, I've loved the way Mike drives for years, but for him to be able to come to a bigger track, really stretch that car out and throw his flair on a much bigger track. I really hope he comes back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely fun to see Mike drive. Yeah. 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 And we've been seeing him on a tight track for the last couple of years. I imagine, like you mentioned a bigger track. I mean, what he's about Brandon gonna... McDowell. I want to see what he can he are, do on this. Oh, track. Yeah. He's already, he's already registered. Oh, he is. Oh, yeah. perfect. Okay, great. Sweet. He was one of the first like six the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it makes sense. New... And Juku's right around the corner. ISR is basically right around yeah. the corner. You know, yeah. The whole Juku deal. So like for them, I mean, it's basically just prep the car and go. Like the travel expenses are a lot more minimal. So, and it's in their backyard. It's like advertising and stuff for them would be great. So, yeah. So, can we expect any new um, clutch kicker merchandise or clutch kicker that, you know, you guys are doing the brand? You got the steering wheel. Anything um, going to be different for this season or new? Uh, I know Matt works. I mean, Matt works on new designs constantly. Uh, we have talked about this year about doing, I don't want to say a more premium line, but a more premium line with like, like the tornado shirt we did, you know, we were talking about doing, getting like um, somebody that does that level of graphic design, kind of like how Nate and them do mm-hmm. and putting them basically on a retainer to do some, some more like wild shirts for us. Like the tornado shirt and stuff was really cool. And then yeah. keeping maybe some new designs of our current type of apparel for like the track and stuff, but nothing is solidified for 2022 yet. You know, that's going to be interesting too, though, because we've had this, this reputation at Emerald Coast for these crazy, unpredictable weather uh, yeah. events, right? Uh, I don't. I, I mean, uh, it's fun as it is, like after the fact and how we laugh about <laughs> it and like to make shirts <laughs> about it and and it just be, it's this crazy thing. You know, I, I'm kind of hoping that I, I don't know what the weather is, but I'm, I'm assuming on the West Coast there, I don't. I hopefully, we won't have to deal with that. It's the same Gulf Coast. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter though. But Florida, you can be. You know, three hours away, and it could be sunny all day, and yeah. it could be a hurricane over there, right? Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm kind of glad we're getting out of that. I hope that stuff yeah. doesn't come back. That cost yeah, me I a don't. truck last year. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I'm about over the hurricanes and tornado like rounds and that. Yeah, I'm spending done hours with in the tractor pushing water. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be kind of nice to get away from that for a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, that being said, yeah. how, how have you ever been to a Freedom Factory when it rains? Uh, I have not, but the skid pad, like, so I did talk to Garrett and his team about it when we were down there. And then, um, I have seen some of their videos and stuff like where it's raining at the track and stuff. The skid pad dries out really fast, which is really nice. And they have a lot of drains okay, and water stuff that they put in before they pour the skid pad, like me read at the freedom factory. So even if it was to rain, I think it'll be infinitely more manageable than it was at Emerald Coast Dragway. Like it, oh. at Emerald Coast Dragway, if it did more than sprinkle, I was having to like push water in between car runs just to keep the track going. And at that yeah. point, it wasn't even good. It was just we could get through the show, you know, like right. So and the, yeah, and the biggest puddles were always at the entry. So yeah. right. everything. Ro- well, know, that was the down. lowest spot, so everything right. went towards the yeah. entry. Well, oh, yeah, and you could you could see a river of water yeah, just river, going right yeah. to it. Like it was just yeah, insane. Yeah. 20 feet, right? So that yeah. should be a lot better this year, hopefully, ideally. Right. <laughs> um, 
something that that I just occurred to me. All right, so we all know in drifting, we all have dirt drops are a thing. All right, and yep. we all know Garrett's uh, policy about the grass. Have you guys worked something out with that? Um, I mean, he hasn't really said anything about it. I, I think it's just an understood thing that with like drifting, there's going to be damages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's just been factored into all of our budgets and I don't know. We'll see what happens after round one. Like we didn't really damage, we didn't damage the grass at all at the test day. So, mm-hmm. and he is looking at putting some curbing in um, on like some of the turns that are yeah. more likely to get hit. So mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be a problem going into the mm-hmm. season. I mean, with right. the elevation of the Freedom Factory and what we're trying to elevate the series and the events too, I think the drivers will kind of keep themselves in check. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know how better way to explain this. It's, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's still going to be just one class, right? It's not. It's not like because now you have to have cages, or, or you're not going to run like uncaged and cage class, right? No. No. It'll be it'll be one class. Like I know a lot of people have inquired with us about doing a street style series. We would love to do something street style, like. We talked about it for months. I had dates locked in at Holt to do one. Like Matt did all the graphics. I wrote a rule book for it. Like we were all ready to drop a second series this year and do a street legal series. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we just don't think doing it out of the Freedom Factory is a viable option for us at this point. So mm-hmm. you might see it in the future if Emrakos Dragway comes back. We would love to launch a street style series or a street league series out of there. I think that's a great track to do it at. But for now, we're sticking with the one class. So, so that being said, is so Emerald Coast Dragway, there's there's you guys are still gonna be running like events there. Uh don't know. So okay. depending on what happens with the new owner, we are in we don't want to give the track up. Like obviously, we put a lot of time into it, we put a lot of effort into oh, yeah. it. Like it's a core part of our not just drift community, but our local community as well. Like there is no more drifting in the panhandle after Emerald Coast Dragway closed. Like when we, when we opened up Emerald Coast Dragway, the other local drift track kind of it's like to no fault of their own started to kind of wither. And the owner of that track is, I mean, he's a big like oval track guy. So for them, like drifting is not the priority. Mm-hmm. So like with us kind of taking over, they kind of didn't really drift away, but the guy who was running their drift events no longer wanted to do it either. So we were kind of the only player in the game last year. And then now our track has gone away. So we've mm-hmm. got to a point where, there's basically nothing for four and a half hours is our closest drift track now. So mm. hopefully somebody buys it and hits us up and lets us throw a few fun days or like do something there. Ideally we would like to throw events there this year if it's applicable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we know that feeling. I, I mean, we're fortunate that, well, PBIR, we still don't know what's going on with that. There's that rumor yeah. that it's going to close down, but hasn't. So I know Jackson's trying to get one or two events in there before. Um, Sebring is amazing. Sebring is great track. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to come down to Sebring, it is really is a really I fun track. Gabby wanted me to come down to the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It you, was really you, fun. If you can. It's it's actually not too much. It's not too much further than going to Freedom Factory. It's just in, more in the center of the state. Yeah, but um, it's two nice tracks. You're in third gear, mid third gear for both of them. Yeah, and it's just a good time. They're way far apart. The pit is massive. And it, it just it, you get you get a lot of sea time. We have a good time there. It was yeah. a good time. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be good. To, it's gonna be exciting to run the. Um, you know, we're gonna be a part of of the um, the prime the the series and stuff yeah. there. At least helping out Chris because I've known Chris forever because he's Bro, been building my car there. forever. So we'll see how that works out. 
All right, I thought I, I said something to Chris about it the other day. I, I hopefully I don't think I'm able to run the whole series. I, I can't afford to put that much wear and tear on the Corvette with it being a rental car, but I'm ideally looking to leave it at the Freedom Factory after one of the rounds and drive at least one or two of the Pro Am rounds this year. So, well, if you're gonna make one, go to Sebring. That I think that's gonna be the best bet. Yeah, at least most fun. I gotta do that. I've got to ship the car up to English Town because Reese swears up and down he's gonna kill me if I don't bring a car up to the Gambler this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> like. There, that car has a long list of events it's going to this year. It's going to Vegas for LS Fest West. It'll be in Kentucky for LS Fest East. Oh, wow. Wow. I plan on nice. doing a lot of traveling this year. Oh, well. Have you have you thought about adding jumps? Just like uh, LT did <laughs> at his uh, invitational? invitational? <laughs> yeah, they broke a lot of cars with that jump. I don't know if you saw okay. it, but yeah, so a lot of cars got I, broke. Yeah, I watched the LD Invitational thing. Uh, obviously, I have several friends that work for Adam. The jump drift thing? super sick idea like i loved it for like the content and just like i mean it's just cool like once they had it figured out and they were doing like videos of the compound and like sean's just like launching his s15 off the jump and like it looked fluid and and everything super sick at that point when they brought us the lz invitational i think they realized how they didn't make it nearly wide enough to do like tandem jumps because it was re- it looked really difficult to do multi cars off at the same time. But I love the idea. I think mm-hmm. what they did with it for like drifting and just like the whole marketing aspect behind it was genius with mm-hmm. like the Invitational. So yeah. I haven't thought about it. Probably not ever going to do it. But I hope they keep doing it because it looks super cool when they did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam's from that whole um, BMX, you know, stunt right. riding stuff kind of. So that's kind of up his alley, anyways, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, they just have a wild team. Like they've got a super creative team. I mean, between them and Drift HQ, yeah. like the possibilities that they can come up with, and they're probably going to come up with in the future, are endless. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. They're always looking for the next thing. Yeah, but for it, all we know, they might decide to show up at a feeder factory with a with a jump. It's like, oh, let's test it out over here. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, if they want to bring it out, I'd love to do like a thirty-two to sixteen break halftime show. We'll send some cars off that thing. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to argue if yeah. they want to somehow get it from the compound of the freedom factory. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe use it for battles that are too close to call. Ah, and then just send it out. See so yeah. what happens. See who survives. Yeah, there you go. Be the tiebreaker. Funny. Your thoughts. Maybe. Will, will it pass muster uh, with the uh, technical director? <laughs> uh, depends on who the battle was. I mean, there's some guys I'm not sure if I'm like, I want to see them try and go off the jump in tandem. <laughs> I, I got one. I got one. Uh, B1 Nick and Mike Pollard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that would, that'd be interesting. Watch them jump over it. Well, Brandon yeah. Whitney built that whole new car for... Uh, for drift so, week? Yeah, was, no, no, he built. Yeah, well, he built, he he built, built the four clutch kickers. Oh, okay, he built yeah, it for yeah. Emerald Coast Dragway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know. that's funny. Yeah, his goal with that car was to spend to win more money with the car than he spent building the car. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if that's doable now that we've moved <laughs> yeah, seven and a half hours further from him. Right, right, right. Um, He's capable. But, He's I mean, capable driver. Brandon is basically like proof that you don't need a high budget car or like a crazy build to do really well in the series. You just need a decent car and a really skilled driver. I mean, he spent, mm-hmm. he was in the top 16 countless times. Like he's, I think he podiumed a couple rounds or something yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's insanely skilled for a car. That's like, I mean, it's okay. Brandon Whitnick. He's known for like hacking stuff together and just making it work. And I don't know. I saw that thing was running a super AFC. 
Like his car, uh, his, his his car at the at the clutch kickers. Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, he he uses it to switch between pump gas and ethanol. I'm pretty sure. Oh wow. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. But I mean, like super low budget, he makes it work, and he like competes and does yeah. extremely well with it. So like more power to him because like that's right. proof right there. Like decent driver, decent car. Well, he's a really good driver, really good driver, right. decent car, and like you could do well in any series on any track. It shouldn't matter. Bank flat bottom. Like tire rule, no tire rule, weight doesn't matter. He can he's do done, it, you yeah. can do it. Like one, he's done one, I think more one more times than any other driver there. <laughs> I think yeah. him and Mike Pollard and him and Taylor Ray, every time they battle it was like one or two, two more times, like minimum. Right. Yeah. Well. But did we confirm uh, the, they're gonna have drones? Like how what can what can people expect in regards to the live stream? The same kind of uh footage, the same kind of camera angles, or are you guys looking to mix it up? Um I'm honestly not one hundred percent sure. We're still working the live stream deals details out for the most part. I mean, there will obviously be drones who will have the same, if not more, camera angles this year. Um we're actually using Garrett's live stream team, Project Prime and them to do the live stream out of the Freedom Factory. So we'll have a more elevated live stream this year. Uh, the judges will have a monitor in the tower that'll live show them any camera angle they want. They select it in the tower. Oh, like, that'll be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah the production great. value is significantly higher. Um, outside of that, I don't really know a lot about it yet. We've only had one, maybe, Matt's only had one or two phone calls with uh, Garrett's live stream team. So. We're still working on the details in the live stream, but it will definitely be more elevated than it was at Emerald Coast Dragway. Okay. Yeah. Um, anything else uh, that you may want to cover that we haven't already asked you about? Um, check the rule book for the guys who are, for, for the drivers who are watching. We let a lot of stuff slide in seasons one and two mostly because we had a mix of pro cars and street cars and everywhere in between. It's kind of hard to ask a guy who's got a stock 250Z to cut a hole in his hood for a kill switch, stuff like that. Um, Going into season three, there are zero exceptions. If it's in that rule book, I suggest you show up to tech with it or you will not pass. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but other than that, like like I said, I think the the biggest rule change was the roll cages. Mm -hmm. Um, Are they your fire suits, right? Too. I don't require fire suits. Uh, the series would have to get to an exponentially higher point before I would require fire suits. Yeah. Um, it's just a personal thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm actually really experienced with burns and fires. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got like a lot of experience with that stuff. So like, I, I don't. Okay. Not yet. Simple enough. Simple yeah. enough. Yeah. Probably get more sunburnt than anything else. Yeah. yeah exactly. Or heat exhaustion. Yeah. Like, Forget. Yeah, we've seen that in the past. Yeah, right? Drivers just yeah. really overheating themselves. So it's not going to get any better down in this you know, down there. No, so. no. <laughs> it's going to be a lot hotter. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to have those cool front no, days like like we had. So it's it's hotter. Yeah, it's a little other, more humid too. So I mean, other big changes. There's a good chance we're going to put a chicane for some of the bank layouts that you start in the straightaway. Okay. okay. We didn't show that in testing. We didn't even try it. We know they'll work. It's a big bank. Like there's a lot of room to do a chicane. There will probably be a, a layout chicane on bank layouts. Um, the point system has gone through a top to bottom rework for okay. two years. I've been fighting with the points to try and get it to where like the last round, the top eight guys still had a chance to win. Cause I want a really tight finalized finish. And basically Alec at round four last year, pretty much had it locked in. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. it was astronomical odds for somebody to do it any other way. So the point system has been completely reworked top to bottom so that there's like no real way. I don't think that somebody could run away. The points gaps are a lot tighter now. And I think the only other big change is the style category that has 40 points is now subsplit into two sections. You'll have 20 points for fluidity and 20 points for commitment. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Does that mean it's going to be fourth judge? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. There's, not, there's not a fourth judge. The problem was with last year at like ECD, like with the line judge only having like Dwayne only had like 30 points where Dan had 40 and I, there was no regulations on style. So like, you could pretty much blow all of the first outer zone, but make it look wicked cool and do crazy fast transitions and get a really high style score and get a low line score and a balance out because there was no way to like define like predefined style. So at least with fluidity and commitment, you can only max 20 in each section section. You couldn't like be super fluid or be super committed, but not super fluid and get 35 points anymore. So you have to have both ends of the spectrum now. Yeah, okay. you, makes you think you guys have the line definitely defined, or you think it's going to take a little, you know a couple rounds before we kind of really define that oh, line? Oh, the freedom factory? No, they're yeah. defined. It's defined. Like, go, okay. yeah, going into yeah, going okay. into Friday night practice at two p.m. That's what you'll see Saturday morning. Like we, the convenient thing about the test day was having two straight days to do testing, and uh-huh. then only having eight layouts basically that we wanted to run. Day one, we tested those eight layouts day two all we did was refine them we moved uh, clips and zones all day long till the drivers were like happy with the layout then we go to the next layout uh, so i don't think there's going to be many changes if anything the big change would be the fact that we're going to use cave rails um hopefully lined with plastic water barriers as well but the outer zones will be all concrete cave rails and they'll have like a small buffer window so the only change you might see is us shifting the cave rails just because we didn't use cave rails at the test day to get the depth a little bit more correct because we don't want people to completely total their cars, but yeah, more than likely there won't be any changes. Yeah, Cabot Cardoso said in the comments, the wall's hard. <laughs> the wall is hard. Is, is there going to be a... The dreaded touch and go. Are you gonna, is, is a touch and go going to rear its ugly head? The little, you know, the, um, the it moves so much and... You know, people going in too deep. That was one of the things that seemed like a, a deciding factor in many battles was that little touch and go wall. Mm-hmm. So all zones will be concrete. Touch and go, outer zone, okay. it'll be concrete. We might put plastic barriers in front of them if it's a viable option. We don't know yet. Uh, Garrett already has like 200 or something concrete K-rails on site so and the equipment to move them. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get a touch and go that's made of concrete hard enough to move it, yeah. yeah, your car's probably totaled anyways. Right. <laughs> so you guys are actually going to outline the course with K-Rails? Um, not the entire course, so just the zones. Because, one, well, if I do the whole course in K-Rails, somebody is really going to total their car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you but are going to put K-Rails in the center section. Yeah, there will be K-Rails on the concrete oh, if there's a zone, and not for inner clips, but for any outer zone or touch and go in the concrete will be, or in the skid pad will be K-Rails. Well, that's, that's cool. cool. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It, it, it helps the judges define exactly how close the, mm-hmm. they are to those zones by just measuring the bumper. Yeah, just it, your gives, eyes. it gives the driver, well, one, it puts on a much better show for the spectators because they're not just looking at a giant open skid pad. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But two... <laughs> 
when I was like, we were driving at the freedom factory with just the cones. Like if you go across the skid pad in any way, it's like going into no man's land. I mean, there's like nowhere to like fixate just like to position the car Mm -hmm. and like looking corner to corner because the edges of the skid pad, like drop off onto the asphalt. Basically you can't see the sweepers. Mm-hmm. So like when you come across the concrete and you like switch back into like the inner bank sweepers, you can't see the sweeper. Right. Oh. Yeah. Right. So like if there's nothing there to like kind of basically tell the driver like where the zone and how the car should come out, like mm. you're just yeah. kind of going in blind. Right. Hmm. Wow. The drop off is super sick though. Like going into the sweepers, like it's like jump drift into the sweepers. It's so cool. oh, really? oh really nice. Oh okay, oh, that's cool. So we got a little jump going on there. So people need to tune their suspension accordingly. <laughs> it's not I mean, that bad, but it just, it just looks cool. Yeah. Did you consider at all uh, Chelsea's layout by some chance? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so this is a weird one because I, like, I really respect Chelsea and his opinion and what he does for drifting and how good of a driver he is. He's like, currently, I mean, arguably one of the top two drivers in the world. Like the dude's insanely skilled. <laughs> And the stuff he does for drifting and how knowledgeable he is, is like unreal for how long he's been doing this and how old he is. But that whole area is storage oh. at the freedom factory. And then two, like it's just an awkward layout to me. Like I've ran on a which is obviously not nearly as accurate as being at the freedom factory, but like there's so many reasons why I don't actually think that would work. Mostly the run of show. Like 50% of the layout is where nobody can see it. Right. Yeah. yeah and like the weird thing with going to the freedom factory is like, yes, the layouts are important. Yes. The driver feedback is important, but like the way I look at it to make any of this working grow, you need sponsors point yeah. blank. Right. Well, sponsors really need to know that they're going to get an ROI with spectator count mm-hmm. or live stream or something like that. Well, the Freedom Factory has the ability to bring in so many people. Mm-hmm. So, like, the show needs to be the number one priority because drivers, as much as they say they won't, they will go wherever sponsors are so they can get in front of them and sponsors will go where people are. So, like, if right. you bring the people, the drivers will come regardless. Yes, so, absolutely. Yep. You're absolutely correct. So, like, this year, we really want to focus on, like, the run of show and, like, trying to make drifting as a whole more entertaining because, like, the battles are great. Mm-hmm. Right. practicing qualifying even as a driver as somebody who loves drifting is the most boring thing to watch like, yeah yep. yeah that's that's one thing that i that find interesting what um chris is going to do with um us well he's like i know he's talking about doing is is doing the uh qualifying like australian style how they do it you basically during your practice session you radio ahead i don't know if that's going to work for you guys but it's going to be interesting to see how that works for um for us over at Sebring so, and, and PBIR. I actually really like that. This this yeah. is actually something I brought up at the end of season two to the team because I really like basically what I call jam session qualifying. Right. Like I really like the concept of jam session qualifying. I'm not sure it works at the level that we're trying to do because one, it's such a huge field. Like I might have 80 cars. So with 80 cars and only filling 64 spots, it's not really necessarily fair to be like, like, how do you really judge yeah. those 64 that you're going to lock in mm-hmm. in a jam session? Because um, I actually, ironically, really like the way FD is doing their current qualifying. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, the knockout style. We had talked about something, doing something like that, but, like, it. one, I don't just want to copy FD, but two, traditional qualifying is, like, I mean, it's just traditional qualifying. Like, it's been right. drifting for 
ever now. So I'm sure at some point we'll shake up qualifying. We just don't really know how we want to do it yet. Mm -hmm. But for this year, it'll just basically be the same as always. Just straight traditional. It can be hard to watch, right? As as a spectator, usually the qualifying day, you know, the diehard guys are going to watch it, right? Because they're either rooting for their guys. They just want to see how it's going to stack up. They want to place their bets. They want to place their bets. Yeah, place their bets. They want to see how it's going to stack up. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, in especially running an event and and for anybody else, it's it's a necessary evil, I guess you could say, right? But um, it makes yeah. for a great competition, and we're always it's always interesting to see. Like you got Alec Honadale that kind of makes it exciting, where he spins and he zeros out his first <laughs> run, right? And he comes back and then he takes walks yeah, away like with the number three one, one and does this year. I was like, <laughs> yeah, so so that makes things exciting. So those are the exceptions. So we'll we'll see, we'll see this, this what the season's going to bring for sure. But it's going to be mean, top sixty four, right? Not top thirty two. Unfortunately, we are not going to a top 32 field this year. It's something we have talked about repeatedly to do because like running a 64 field is, yeah, it's not a nightmare, but it's just like, it's a lot to deal with. And it, it ironically adds a lot of time to the event to try and manage. Like if you knock out top 64, like top 64 doubles the length of the event, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it's harder to get practice time in. It's harder to get drivers like out early on Sunday for the guys that have to drive hours and hours home. Like you guaranteed have to do stuff on Friday to do like a paid practice just so drivers have enough time to get acclimated to the layouts. And like it adds a whole new level of difficulty to the show, but we kind of need it still. Like we're not to the point where we have enough like uh, financial backing to cut out the 64, like, Essentially, we use the driver's registration to pay the payouts for what they like. That was the whole deal with the series. Like we wanted to give basically give them back what they gave to us. Right. Right. Well, we have to have an allotted amount of drivers to do that. So cutting it to a 32 car field, not only do we have to bring on more monetary like sponsorship, which in drifting is extremely and any motorsport is extremely hard. But we also like uh, have to guarantee that we have 32 locked in cars that will show up every time. For FD that works because they have a pro one field like right and they have one or two guys on standby well for us I had two guys last year that registered for the whole season never even showed up for a single round right right, yeah, right. so like for us to, to lock in a 32 car field would be really hard because at our level there's no guarantee the drivers are going to show up right right yeah. so, so so but speaking of running the top 64 are we going to still do everything like top 64 all the way to the final in one day or are we going to Split it up like Saturday 64 and then 32 on Sunday. Yeah. So Saturday is probably going to be a pretty long day, um, but we're going to go back to running 64 on Saturday night, okay. um, yeah, like that. which is the like Freedom that. Factory is much more viable because they have better lighting. Like the track, I don't think is going to substantially change from day to night. Um, right. And drivers can't argue that they have no time practicing in the dark this year because there's a six hour paid practice on Friday that goes from 2 to 8 p.m. So you want dark practice to see a Friday night. Right. There's like yeah. no no reason not to, and then it allows us to kind of have a more vibed like vibed out like chill Sunday and get done in a decent time. Like if there's a delay on Sunday, it's not the end of the world. We're not all crunched for time trying to like rush everything. Like right. we can do the top sixteen ceremony like really well this year, like properly for the live stream mm-hmm. and for sponsor stuff, and then hopefully you know I'll get done at like three thirty or four o'clock and hang out for a little bit. And then everybody you know drive home. Like you don't have to leave the, the facility at midnight. <laughs> So yeah, go across the street, get in a bar fight. Sounds I, like fun. I totally <laughs> agree with that because there was one round, I think it was round uh, 
two or three where it ended at midnight and it was uh Oh, that yeah. was a long yeah. day. <laughs> and people don't realize when the event like Friday or Saturday ends on the track, the behind the scenes team is still there for like two or three more hours. Oh yeah. Yep. It's like we yep. get done at midnight. I'm there until 2 a.m. Yeah. And then I have yeah. to be back there at five. So like yeah. it, it also works better for our team because like you get a little bit more time to kind of like decompress and unwind and like a little bit more time in between days and it just makes everything easier. It it sucks, I think, more for the drivers in a way because mm-hmm. they're basically going to do one battle and be done. Mm-hmm. But like, depending on how you look at it, that really shouldn't be a big deal to most drivers because Sunday should be all tandem practice anyways. If you're going into Sunday practice and you're like, I still want to do single runs, mm-hmm. this is probably not the event for you. Right. Yeah. Like. Well, so, all right. So people that are... Oh, oh, yeah. People are dropping my phone. phone That's dude. okay. Yeah. It's but, but so for people that are, are watching and that are going to watch the um, when when Ben cuts us into a clip. So basically, where are people going to sign up, um, and where is the best place for them to look for updates? Um, best place for updates: Instagram or Facebook. We post everything on Instagram or Facebook. If you're a driver and you're not in the 100K series driver page that I created should definitely find it or message me, DM me, email me something so I can add you to it. I pretty much post all the driver information in there as we drop it on clutch kickers. But 99% of everything we do is on Instagram or Facebook. And then if they want to email you or message you, uh, what would be the contact? Uh, you can message me at Z Poloff on Instagram, Zachary James Poloff on Facebook, mm-hmm. Matt Midiet on Facebook, .mmediate on okay. Instagram or Z-A-C-H at clutchkickers.com. So, and if they message you... information is also in a rule book. Okay, perfect. And and then, so if they e-message or if they message you guys through Instagram or Facebook, do you see those messages as well? Uh, I do not see the Instagram ones. If they message us on Facebook, I will see them. They go right okay. to my phone. Okay, tight work. Well, do you guys have any other questions or is there anything else you want to add, Zach, before we let you go? Um, I don't okay. think, I think so. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, like always, we appreciate you coming on here, enlightening us with all the changes and information. We are overwhelmed with excitement on what this season is going to bring and what's going to happen. I, when we found out that it wasn't going to be at Emerald Coast Dragway, I was like, oh, my God. You know what's going to happen, but you guys were seamless in the response, and you guys jumped right on it, and you were able to capitalize and and make some changes that it looks like is going to bring this to a whole nother level that we weren't expecting at the end of the last season. So um, yeah, we're going to have a good year. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. It's, it's going to be exciting. Like, so you guys have anything else? Uh, just one. Sorry, just one okay, final one. They just caught, uh, camping. Camping on the track is that going to be possible? Uh, I believe so. I think camping passes are for sale on the folk.com with like general registration tickets. Um, drivers and crew, it's probably included in their package, but if you wanted to bring like an RV or toter home or something like that, I know that that is an option that you can do at the freedom factory. Okay. Okay. No, good. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Good. That's all I got. Yeah. All right, Zach. Thanks again for your time. Appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. That, those couple months, you better get that car done. You have a lot of work <laughs> ahead of you. It'll be done. Yeah, yeah, I know it'll be done. I'm, I'm, I'm not worried at all. But you got a lot of work, and I know you're more than capable. So, we're, like I said, I got a good team. So, it'll be there. You go. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do for sure. Yeah. That's absolutely true. So, like I said, I appreciate you. Thank you so yeah. much. 
Thank you, Zach. Um, we're going to yeah, ramble on for this point. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, I think we just got to cut it because it's just constant uh, connection issues. So Okay. All right. All right. So uh, th- thank you, folks, for uh, tuning in and bearing with us. We're actually going to upload a, a higher quality version since uh, we're recording this. And um, we'll catch you next time, hopefully with better connection. Until then, take care and good night. All right. All right later, guys.